Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Create Magic Podcast. This is another installment of the Creative Weirdo segment where I talk to new friends and old friends about creative and weird stuff. And today, I'm so excited to share this conversation with Drew Demler. Drew and I recorded one a long time ago that had all kinds of technical difficulties that honestly, I'm just not good enough to edit around and make usable. So luckily, Drew took some time to sit down with me again and we talk about everything from his experiences with lights to shadow peoples to owl synchronicities to drew's new creative journeys and psychedelics and everything else that we love to talk about around here i don't get to talk to too many people that have as direct experiences with the paranormal as drew does and it was really uh different and eye-opening and beautiful in a whole new way for me so i hope you enjoy this conversation go give drew a follow over on instagram and check out the links below he is doing some really fun sigil work via his stories that we talk about throughout this podcast and yeah check out the links and enjoy the Saturday and this conversation. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Till then, take care. Bye. Absolutely. Oh yeah, let's go straight to the top. Let's do it. it. So Drew, can you hear me? Everything sounds good. You sound wonderful. Perfect. Dude, thank you for being here. Uh we had a wonderful conversation. God, I feel like that was like almost a year ago, but it was definitely a couple months ago at this point. It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and we lost, uh, there was just some weird stuff. I don't know what was going on. The elves and the machines were not cooperating <laughs> that day. So uh, I'm so stoked to finally get you back. We've been talking off and on for a while now. And yeah, this is going to be super fun. Right before we started recording, you were telling me you had a uh, nice little trip recently. And I was wondering if we could kind of hop in there and go wherever the conversation takes us. Okay, yeah, man, absolutely. So we might as well just go straight straight into it, right? Yeah, so, no, yeah, we, we start weird here. <laughs> I uh, I tried something that I have not tried ever before. Um, I dabble in, in psychedelics. Um, it's something that I'll, I'll do every so often with a great deal of respect. Mm-hmm. You know, something I consider it, you know, ceremonial and part of maybe even like a shamanic practice, you know, for centuries and millennia. And it's something that I don't tra- take lightly at all. Um, Absolutely. but I will use them now and again in a way to kind of clear my head and get out of my ego and try to connect, try to, you know, connect yeah. with source and whatever else is out there, you know, um, that I'm com- seem to be in some, in some symbiosis with anyway, I tried something called Changa just a few weeks back. Oh. Have you ever heard of that before? I have. I have no experience with it, but only from like podcasts and such. How how Ooh. was it? Can you explain it first? To, to yeah, 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 yeah. Your trip. So it's a it's a it's a DMT extract, a crystalline extract um, that different botanicals are uh, are added to that kind of basically eliminate the the botanicals are there to eliminate your body's ability to process it, so it goes okay. straight to work. Um, wow. it's, you smoke it, or at least that's how I, I took it, um, just out of, a, out of a pipe. Um, and 
the goal is to try to hit it three times. You want to usually do it three times. And yes. you cannot, by the time you get to around to the, to the third hit, most people can't do it on their own. Like you'd only have to have a guide with you kind of light it for you and just tell you to breathe, you know, and that's, yeah. And you are, you go straight to the wherever <laughs> to the other <laughs> side, man. So wow. I remember, um, by hit two. Yeah. I was just, I was gone. I mean, I was already out there. And then by hit three, I remember, I didn't know if I was still alive anymore or if I had died and you know, if what, it, what was going on. Um, and luckily I had a friend there to guide me who has experience mm-hmm. with this. And, uh, he was telling me to close my eyes and I remember looking at him and seeing his mouth moving, but I could not even hear his words at all. And then eventually I heard the words, you know, close your eyes. But in my mind, in that state, I couldn't even comprehend what close your eyes meant, you know? So like those words had no meaning, language had no meaning anymore. And uh, wow. then eventually he told me to close my eyes. I said, okay, I, I got that one now. I could do that. Yes, um, yes. But we were listening to a, uh, a, U- a YouTube video of a recording artist and it's a guy, it was a guy playing a piano in the video, in the music video. And I remember by the second hit, seeing the TV screen like divide into like 12 TV screens, each one playing the recording artist. Then by hit number three, the entire room filled up with the TV screens. And uh, wow. then the next thing that grabbed my, my eye on my bookshelf of all things, of course, of course, was the book, uh, just the spine of the book beyond UFOs by Ray Hernandez group. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that again, colonized the entire room too, overlaid with the TV screen and everything was outlined in like this rippling white light, um, just mo- in motion. And then like various paintings and stuff on the wall became like very 3d. And I remember like the proportions of the room just being completely thrown off. Um, wow. I mean, it was, it was intense, man. And I mean, it, it just went so quick. And then after about five or six minutes in, you kind of come back to reality a tad bit, just a bit. Um, and then it becomes very similar to like a mushroom trip, you know, to a super intense mushroom trip. And you just feel like this, or I do anyway, just feel like this ripple of energy, like throughout my body, through the whole process, something, something feeling like an electric current to me that's what it feels like wow that's that's wild it's wild wild. so was this your first time uh experiencing anything with dmt or have you done other forms of dmt before okay yeah i've never done it it's uh i i it's one of those things that's on a list of things to do at some point Mm -hmm. but have not gotten around to it myself but that like that main lining of it, that straight to it is just so interesting to me. And like the, the way that you just described everything, it just sounds so, um, so immediate. And that's really, it's, it's really, I'm very much more used to the psilocybin where there's a slow onset and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something special to that immediate, just like you're there and you're in it. And like, yeah, it was that, uh, jarring for you in comparison to your previous trips with like psilocybin and stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> very jarring. I mean, I would not describe this as a pleasant experience, you know, <laughs> not at all. It's heavy. No. It hits you hard. You're not ready for it. 
it's not at all what I was expecting. It's just a sledgehammer, you know, and, and wow. all of your senses get thrown out of whack. They go away. I mean, basically, they just erode, you know, and, and yeah. your just whole rea- reality just gets shattered, you know, in an instant, you know. So it's a, wow. yeah, it's definitely, I'll do it again. I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll probably do it again, but it's probably going to be a, a year or so. Um, yeah. That makes Definitely. sense. Is it that really abbreviated thing too, like with the the more uh, standard DMT, like the five to ten minute experience, or was it longer than that? It's a little. It was a little longer all the way through, but it's about five. It's about five to six, seven minutes of like that just yeah. otherworldliness. Where you and can did you, yes. <clears throat> Yeah. Did you get your eyes closed? Do you remember? Like, can you like, was there a difference when you actually heard that or like got that through and closed your eyes or was it all just like incomprehensible? I did eventually close my eyes according to my friend. And he said, I just kept them closed for such a short period of time. He said, I I closed (laughs) them and then just opened them right back up again. And uh, I'm considering, and I might just do this with mushrooms first, or maybe the next time if I do regular DMT, Maybe I'll start there. This sounds terrifying, but I'm actually considering doing this again with my with a blindfold on. Yeah, totally. How about no, that? It, you know, I think it's a, so. I, like I said, I've never experienced anything with DMT. I'm not a psychonaut. Do not take my advice or uh, anything. <laughs> I just listened to a lot of Terrence McKenna, but uh, but you know, he's he's much more. He talks about the mushroom a lot and how like your best bet is to be blindfolded or in a dark room, just eyes closed. And the other thing he mentions a lot, which I think is it. I wish I applied more when I was more active in psychedelics and such, but, uh, but setting intentions to communicate with the entities behind these psychedelics, like, you know, he would set an intention to talk to the mushroom and and say, mushroom, what do you have to tell me this time? And like, try and take that in. And he would apply that to like the DMT and like, try. that's where like kind of the elves came from and stuff. Cause he'd be like DMT, who are you? And then machine elves would appear and things like wow. that. Wow. So okay. I, I, yeah, I, I'd be interested to to hear if what with you know as you move forward to just see if you if you can uh, you know set an intention to say hey who are you behind this wonderful experience if anything and, and see that's, if anything pops up. <laughs> that's a great idea, man. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's like I say I'll, I'll do the psychedelics again soon enough. Um, yeah. It won't be this one again for a while, but but that's a great idea, and that's I'll, I will definitely do that. I'll, I'll meditate on that, on on making. Yeah, I'll send you some videos too. Great. Yeah, Absolutely. because McKenna says it way better than I do, and uh, you know, uh, his ideas are very hard to uh, re-explain as eloquently as he does. But yeah, no, I think that's Perfect. super interesting, and it's something that I like. You know, think about a lot as far as the times that I can like absolutely identify as touching the other or having a novel experience or things like that are definitely through the psychedelics. And like, so, I mean, it's something I haven't done in a long time. You know, I've, uh, I've talked to a, a lot of people about how, you know, you, it, it can shift gears without intention. So if you're happy, if the way that your mindset is working to uh, get you through this part of life, then like, you know, maybe not risk it. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is like yeah. my brain works really good to like support a family and do the thing right now. So I'm taking a break, but it's not something that's ever off. But like, it's a, it's a tool in the tool bag that I will revisit. <laughs> Man, I, but uh, so I've been trying to like uh, 
pack my brain with thoughts along these lines. So I, I love talking with more recent visitors to the psychedelic realm. So one other thing I wanted to ask you before we move on from this uh, wild trip is you mentioned the lights and like that luminous white, like wavy light. Mm -hmm. Is that similar or like, do you get the same feeling at all from the lights that you experience on like a more daily basis via the phenomenon? Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, it, does it have a same, the same feeling? Yes. Same presentation. Not really. Um, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't look like that. This looked more like an aura, just like a oh, classic man. aura. Um, but wow. did I get a similar presence, spiritual presence feeling from that, from, from that visual experience? Yes, for sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Do you have like, when you were getting ready to take, to have that experience. Did you notice the phenomenon around it, like change at all or like after it or through the experience, did it affect your experience with the rest of it? It's so hard to say because my experiences with, with the, the light phenomenon, the orbs uh, and, and the other stuff has become so consistent, but I will say shortly thereafter, um, shortly after I, I, I did this, I had a heck of a stretch. Um, yeah. So anecdotally, I would say yes. I mean, I had one of my more active periods that I've had probably ever, um, certainly in a, in a long time. A very active period. We're just, I mean, there was one time uh, just to, I mean, I was, I was having some, some nights where, I, I mean, I must have seen 30 or 40 orbs, you know, high-flying orbs, mm. you know, in the same time. I had one one of those nights was on a camping trip recently with my youngest son, um, and he got to see a lot of them too. A lot That's of them. so cool. Wow. That's wild. Those have always been my favorite. Like when uh, the, the few times I've talked to Barbara from Six Degrees of John Keel, and she's had the stories of seeing them with her kids and stuff. I yep. always love that kind love of that. familial sharing. Yeah, so before that's – uh, I want to give a little bit of background because I forget that the first conversation didn't come out. So for exactly, anyone who right. doesn't know, as far as your, your previous experiences, I feel like we should kind of touch on some of those if you'd be down with that. But before we do, I really, I love the idea that like these, uh, whether it's a psychedelic experience or a creative experience kind of like primes us or gets us a little closer to whatever the phenomenon is and like allows it to interact with us a little bit more so that's even if it's just anecdotal i love that it seems to uh it sparked a, a nice run for you but yeah do you mind telling a little bit of a background about your experience with the phenomenon and like where you find yourself today since we've just been kind of diving yeah. into talking about all these sure, these light phenomenon that you see yeah yeah man so my my first uh my first experience that that i have in my conscious mind um for different reasons I, I think this thing probably started when i was younger due to a weird kind of screen type memory that i have but anyway my first vivid experience that i remember was an experience which was very similar to an abduction type scenario um but i didn't have the feeling that i was taken anywhere the entities just came to me um and that was when i was 18 years old scared the daylights out of me um, I, I didn't have any frame of reference for what had happened. I certainly knew about UFOs at that point, a little, you know, a fair amount, I guess I've always been interested, but I didn't know near what about them, what I know now, you know, back then. And, uh, all I knew of the abduction type scenarios 
was the gray alien things, kind of like the fire in the sky type scenario where you're sucked on board a spaceship or anything, you know, and, and taken to, to Pluto or what have you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's all yeah. I knew about it. Um, and that was did what I experienced was so very different. Um, so I had the, the classic sleep paralysis um, and I felt like there were two uh, shat- I call them shadow beings. I've got it here. I could, I've got a tattoo of one on my left forearm, similar wow. reminiscent of what these things appear to look like. They're fe- featureless. They're, they're black and shadowy. Um, definitely humanoid. Um, they're, they're not little, they're not little like the, the gray men. They, they're kind of long and, and, and very imposing. Um, yeah. But, uh, I remember getting like a, a message running through my head that I was so terrified that di- I didn't comprehend any of that. Um, what I believe it was, it was a telepathic message. Um, and I remembered like just being so terrified and realizing that I could not move, you know? Um, and I had, it's funny because I had basically what I consider to be almost the equivalent of a psychedelic type experience at that same time. Um, I remember it, it all set in. I remember opening my eyes and I was taking a nap on my parents' sofa and there was an old plaid sofa. So I remember looking at the, the plaid pattern on the back of the sofa. And that's when I realized I cannot move at all. And I panic and I was trying to yell out. I was trying to do anything and I couldn't, you know, I was just stuck there. Yeah. And then I really, I noticed these shadows over me, like looming over me. Um, I always feel like I see two of them. I don't know. It could be 10. It could be one. It could be, I, I'm not yeah. sure. I, in my mind, it feels like two. Um, and then I remembered seeing the, the pattern, the spiral pattern of my parents' sofa start swirling. It started spiraling. Um, and out of that spiraling pattern, I was getting these weird shapes and what looked like hieroglyphic type symbols popping in out of that swirling plaid pattern. Um, All of this was foreign to me. You know, Um, I didn't have any, I I didn't know anything about any of this. I'd never tried psychedelics at that point in time. I didn't, I'd never really tried much of anything. I I didn't know anything about a psychedelic experience. I, I didn't know to interpret this as a close contact an entity experience. No. I didn't know what these things yeah. were, you know, felt like ghosts or something. Um, and then, and then just as quick as it sets in, I couldn't tell you how long this lasted for. I had no concept of time of it. And then I remember yeah. seeing the, uh, the first thing I remember is seeing the entities retract, like just kind of floating oh, away from me. Weird. And then pretty shortly thereafter, my head, I, that ringing, message type whatever was going through running through my brain that ended and then very shortly thereafter i regained conscious like full waking consciousness and i could move again and i was just like what the hell was that you know and uh yeah didn't didn't couldn't talk about it you know didn't know who to talk to it about didn't even know what to say had happened you know yeah um so that was the first time that anything like that happened and um nothing really too paranormal i had a couple of odd experiences in a couple of those years nothing like that 
and I didn't really start getting strange things happening again until 2014. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And that was the year I work late in the fall. I work late nights in the fall. And uh-huh. every night when I would come home during my late season, almost every night, I would pull up my driveway um, where I would park. And there was a little owl perched on my fence. And wow. it was, a, I, it's an Eastern screech owl. I know what it is now. I didn't then. And I was like, look at that thing. And the first, you know, me, I'm a horticulturalist. So I'm, I've made my living out doing outdoor type work. You know, I've spent a ton of years in the plant business and the nursery business and so forth. So I'm, I'm a na- I'm nature person, you know, so it was the neatest Absolutely. thing to me, you know, and the first couple of nights I was like, dang, look, there's that owl by like, time four five six in a row i'm like that little bird is waiting for me you know i was like wow absolutely and that that year out of i work around 35 late nights where i'm home after dark really late and i would say out of those 35 days at least 25 of those days the owl was waiting on me at the same place whoa um wow and then it just became one of those things. It was just super cool. Everything was neat. You know, I didn't think I didn't know what to think of it. And I didn't until 2015 when my late season came back around and my first night of my late season, I pull up the driveway and it was back. Whoa. Yeah. Now that's why that a whole same, year has passed. Wow. That same little dance continued during my late season. Then it hung around that year. And that year during the winter months, so this is 2015, um, in addition to perching on my fence, some nights it would perch on my my wind, my bedroom windowsill, and I've got photos of it. Um, and that's when I started having the shadow being experiences again. It would usually be either on the same night or within a couple of days of the times when the owl would perch on my windowsill, my bedroom windowsill. Whoa. Right? That's wild. That was going to be my next question. And that, wow. Yeah. That's uh lines up a little too nicely. Were the experiences the same as when you were 18 with the, with the shadow people? It would be, they were very similar. I'll say that those years, um, because it, it continued to happen sporadically, like basically ever since, mm-hmm. but until 2021, um, I had almost no memories of what happened. I would just remember waking up stuck and seeing the shadows. You know, I remembered seeing the entities, couldn't remember anything else about the experience, total memory loss of those years. Um, I will say this in addition to, to that though, I think this happened in 2020 after one of the experiences with the shadows, I woke up with this mark on my hand. Um, this perfectly it was a circular i don't even know what you'd call it it looked like a little just a divot i wasn't bleeding there was no blood or anything but there was a little circle missing and it grew a white scab in an almost perfect circle um and i still have it to this day dude i still have it this is i I know your your guests won't be able to see it but um Wow. So that came after one of your experiences mm-hmm. in 2020 with the shadow. Whoa. And, uh, whoa, that's, that's insane. And, um, apparently other experiencers who've had the close contact type experiences have the same type of wounds. 
um, or similar. That's a that's a consistency that we we seem to share. Isn't that wild? Wow, that's that's so wild. The the, the physicality of it all is just what like you know it, it really drives home. I mean, <clears throat> that's something that gets uh, talked about in a lot of ways in different paranormal circles as far as these things being spiritual, self-reflective, mm-hmm. co- co-created, etc. But when you have physical things like that, it just makes you uh, really wonder what's going on or what, what, what the what the reality of the phenomena might actually be in different ways. And yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Did you... When you were... Um, so when they when you started having these experiences again did you have like is there a message that's being communicated to you each time is there an overall anything that you can take away from it or is there just uh just kind of each experience is different and separate no um and i haven't i'm afraid i think what's going on i think i'm blocking the message or if it's in there, yeah. it's I, I I'm not uh, I'm not letting it come to my full waking state consciousness. I'm still waiting and trying to figure out how to get the message because I'm sure all this isn't happening for no reason. Um, yeah, no, you know, and uh, to to get a little further, so that that's one of the experiences that I've had. Um, I recently, sadly, in in 2021, my uh my marriage ended, which was, you know, hard as you would expect. And I ended up moving, uh, to a new house. I live in a new house, the same one I'm in now. Um, and the owl actually followed me. <laughs> same owl. Whoa. Yeah. It, it appeared to me in December of 2021, um, on my fence, perched on my fence, just feet away from where I, uh, I would go outside and do my sky watching. Um, that same summer in that same year is when I started seeing the UFO or light. I call them orbs and I break them into two Mm -hmm. categories. I call them the high flying orbs and the low flying orbs. And I see both. Um, The high flying orbs, I I pretty much see every night I go look for them um, every single night. And I've got an amazing series of videos um, and and pictures. of, of all this stuff. And, you know, the, the owl has continued to visit. I've continued to have increasingly complex visits from these, with these shadow beings. Um, I've had all sorts of paranormal experiences start popping up. Um, it's become, it's just been like a drip feed starting in 2014, I think. And it's just continued to just snowball um, to where I'm at now. And I'm getting, I mean, just all sorts of stuff coming. <laughs> been wild wow. so when when did you want to start talking about this stuff or how did how did that come about as far i mean i think the first time i heard you talk was on vuk's podcast and and or barbara's one of the two but what was it that kind of uh made you want to start sharing these stories and these these experiences you had? okay so that's a great question um so Whereas I don't feel like I'm receiving the full message from my experiences with those close contact abduction type scenarios. A few times I do feel like I have received some type of messaging from my visits from the owl. Um, oh, cool. Yes. And, and one of them, and one of the more recent, and one of the, the visits 
that was part of the message that it's time to start talking. It's time to start telling your story. Um, and I know I've heard, you know, Christopher Bledsoe, I don't know if you're familiar with, with him in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. He tells the story of his experience with the lady. And that was one of his messages that she told him, you know, that it's time to start talking. Well, I have not seen the lady, not, not yet at, at least. Um, but I have been visited by this owl and uh, I do feel like the owl is some some representation of the divine feminine energy, its own self. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and, and if you look look back in time, um, that type of owl, screech owls have always been associated with goddess figures, you know, from Ishtar and Inanna um, to Lilith, you know, and then uh, Minerva, yeah. Athena, all of them were accompanied by owls which I think is so interesting. Um, but anyway, so that was part of the of a of telepathic download message, whatever you'd like to call it, during that came right after one of my visits with the owl. It was it's time. It's time to start talking. Um, that's so cool. So Barbara was my first interview. She did my first interview, um, which was very special. I, I just I I had messaged her. I think we're we're a part of a of a couple of mutual, you know, uh, orb phenomenon, light, light type, uh, mm -hmm. messenger groups, uh, Facebook groups. And I was already familiar with their show and we kind of corresponded, um, in some of the chats that went on in there. Um, and I just got brave one day and I, I directly messaged her and I told her, I was like, I've got some, a lot going on. I would love to send you an email. And she sent me her email address and she said, shoot. And I started I sent her my email and I started going through like all these different stories. And she was like, Whoa, she's like, dude, that's a lot. She's like, I'm just skimming through this. She's like, this is a lot. So yeah, man, she, she booked me right away. Um, yeah. And then I did books podcast awesome. next. He's hilarious. He's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and no, did Barbara's again. And now here I am with you. So I've, I've been looking forward to, to getting back yeah. on with you for so long now, man. This is great to finally be doing it. No, absolutely. It's wonderful. And that, I mean, that's a great progression of podcasts and I'm glad to be the next stone in that little Love wall it, there. But did you feel like after those, like sharing the experiences, did the, or after you shared your experience, did your further experiences change? Like, do you feel like it's, uh, it's affected the way that you've been uh, interacting with the phenomenon? It, it definitely, it seems to escalate things. Um, after I do these, yeah. these podcasts, there's a, there's a couple of things that I've noticed. Um, and it's become pretty consistent. Now there's three things that, that will serve as sort of a springboard or, or just make everything go crazy for a period. Um, when I do the when I record the podcast, I normally have a pretty busy stretch thereafter. Um, when I meet other experiencers, whether it's a phone call with them, if I meet them in person, or if I just correspond with them in some sort of way, when I have direct contact with other people who've had similar experiences to mine, that seems to get them excited. That seems to get this phenomenon excited. Yeah. And last but not least. Um, and I don't know why this one happens, but it's happened every time when I visit in person with my mom and my sister, when, when I'm together with them, Whoa. when I get back to Dallas, it normally, I'll have a heck of a week or so. Goes, oh, dude, that's so wild. I've, 
uh, quoted this uh, line from Eric Wargo or butchered it, I should say, uh, on my <laughs> podcast a million times about how he's talking about synchronicities in particular, but he says or has the I guess hypothesizes that sharing is part of the magic. Like sharing is part of what makes the synchronicities happen. Like if we don't share these experiences and stuff, then like part of the, the contracts not being fulfilled. And like that, I, mm. I love how those examples you just laid out is all about sharing and like, whether it's through these podcasts and, and, you know, sharing your experiences or talking to other experiencers or, and I think there are like people who, I mean, are so in, t in tune with whatever this thing is that you get to experience it through them. I mean, I, the, the best example I have is Mike Llewellyn and the, our interaction and the way that whole thing went down. And like, since that interaction with Mike, I don't really see owls, but I get a lot of birds that I take very seriously as far as uh, messengers and communicators with, you know, whether it's Gaia or the universe yeah. or whatever. Like I've had a lot of water bird run-ins that have meant a lot to me recently. And I, I will frequently ask Barbara and be like, Barbara, what's it mean when I see this one? Yeah, oh, I love that. <laughs> and yeah, but yeah, no. And I, I think there's something to it. And I get the same feeling from you, Drew, that like you're somebody that the more you interact with, the, the more these things might pop up be it synchronicities or you know whatever whatever the sharing of the phenomena comes in and that's really great to hear and it's also super interesting i feel like family has something to do with this whole thing like whether it's like you know not that it's like you know uh you know handed down by generation specifically but there's something about mm -hmm. that like getting together and that 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 magic and emotion that happens when you're with your family and like probably is something in there somewhere of that you know makes it easier for those whether it's a outward phenomenon or inward phenomenon it makes it easier for it to manifest when it has more of that kind of familiar familial juice going around man definitely <laughs> i um uh, i have almost kind of a theory about what I think I'm experiencing. Um, and I, I kind of feel like it's, it, there may be, it may actually be a symbiosis or, or an energy exchange that goes on between wow. myself and, and this other, this, this other presence, yeah. because especially like whichever, whatever it is that I'm seeing, whether it's an owl, whether it's uh, the lights in the sky, whether it's the, the little orbs that'll fly up close any of that like it's it's not scary at all it to me it's just it's magnificent it's magical and it's wondrous you know uh and it just i feel them like i don't simply see them and that excitement i have and like you can hear my me and my voice like thanking them and like this the enthusiasm i have you know in the videos when i'll when i'll shoot the videos i sound like a complete idiot right but you can tell that you know how animated i get and I, I almost think, it's and this beautiful. might sound dumb, but I wonder if it's if it's like my enthusiasm and that my energy for them is serving as sort of their food source, you know? Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Dude, that's beautiful. You just gave me goosebumps. And I love that you just said all of that because I think that that's like – more people saying that and less of the, you know, it's here to eat off our fear. Like it's the same idea, but way better. Like yeah. it's so much better. And like the more that people talk about that side of it, because there's, 
it's weird, Drew. It seems like there's more of a shame around saying something like what you just said than there is about like, oh, the shadow people are here to eat my like. Yeah. It seems like that's more socially acceptable some reason than saying I had this magical experience with something that I don't know what is, and I think that we're both benefiting from it. And that seems like a much more right. you know uh, healthy way or like just beneficial way of look. And like, if this stuff. And, you know, I'm a big believer that we uh, co-create our existence with the, the stories and the, the mythologies that we build. So if if I'm really buying into that, then, like, I got to believe that there's more of what you're saying out there than what is, uh, you know, really talked about. So uh, thank you for saying oh, that yeah, first man. off and just, you know, sharing. And, yeah, that's that's beautiful. Do you like. I don't want, I'm not pushing back at all, but do you get the same experience from the shadow people interactions just because that is something that has that very, like in the paranormal circles, like such a dark connotation mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. so many experiencers. And I know you're not discrediting anybody else's experience, right. but from your own, like, do you feel like it's the, do you have that same positive interaction with them? I'm working on it and I'm going to be right up front about that. Okay. It still scares the hell out of me. Um, it's that my initial reaction is just sheer terror every time. It's not not quite as bad as it was the last couple of years. I've really been working on 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 just go kind of going with it and and not not necessarily just letting anything happen in that moment, you know. Like, but but I mean, I, I would fight them out of me. Um, and there are some some very scary things. Like more recently. Um, when I encounter them, I would say this has been happening, um, since 2021, since my experiences with them started in 2021 and certainly into 2022 and into 2023, like now I will literally feel a presence enter my body. Um, and I cannot tell you, I cannot overstress how physical that sensation is. Like I, I feel it. This is not a dream type sensation thing this is a very physical presence entering my body and it doesn't it doesn't like come in through my navel or my ear like the whole thing it's like something is superimposing itself inside of my entire body um and i can also feel them leave so like in my mind the last several times that's happened i've been like just tear get out of me get away from me. You can't be here. You got to go get off of me, get out of me. And I'll feel like, you know how, like when you're wrestling or something, or, or maybe some, somebody sits in your lap and when they stand up, you get that, that pressure release. That's how it feels like when I finally get it, when they get out, like I'll feel that, that pressure release. And then as they exit after it exit, um, it feels like somebody's pulling a string out of me. Um, like something is like this elongated sensation of something being pulled out of me and then it's gone. And then once it's gone, then they're gone and I can wake up again. Um, so I've had a ton of fear around those type of experiences, but I talked to some other experiencers more recently who were like, you gotta, you gotta calm down and know that you're going to go through this no matter what, like you, you can't, you can't stop this. And they're like, They may be trying to take you out of body and give you an out of body experience or giving you some type of experience like that, that, you know, a more spiritual type experience that you're blocking. They're like, you know, just settle down, you know, and kind of go with it. Um, So this is cool. The last time this happened, which was a few weeks back, um, 
three, four weeks ago, no, no more than a month ago. Um, I did exactly that. I remember just saying, okay, they're inside of my body. I can't stop this. And I was like, just let go. And I remember in my mind, like just taking a deep breath and just letting that fear go. Um, and the next thing, you know, uh, I felt like I was slamming back. I felt like I hit myself, like I slammed myself awake basically is the best way I can describe it. Wow. Um, and I had to get up in the middle of the night and, and go to the restroom. And I remember I had a bunch of other weird stuff happen that, that same night of several weird things. Wow. And then I had to wake up and, and use the restroom and I, everything popped into my mind, like the whole thing, the whole physical presence or whatever. Um, and I had, I don't know what happened, Todd. Like I, I had totally blacked out. I completely blacked out after saying, okay, let's just let this go. Um, let's just let this happen. Um, until I slammed back into my body. Then I woke up, used the restroom and I came back to my, my room and I could see out of the window that the sun was, was coming up. And I remember that felt very comforting to me. I remember I was thinking, okay, the sun dries, I'm through the night. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back to sleep for a while. So I went back to sleep, slept till my alarm went off like another hour or something. You're going to love this. This gets better. So when I woke up the second time, completely did not remember it at all. I went and made my coffee, uh, did my thing, got my changed up, put my work clothes on, whatever, brushed my teeth, went out the door, didn't think about it at all, had no no recollection of it until I got to the gym and got on the treadmill um, in the middle of my run on the treadmill. It all popped right back into me. The whole thing, all the things that led Whoa. up to, to me going to bed, the weird stuff that happened going to bed and the whole experience. And I had an additional memory um, of looking at my phone and seeing that it was 448 in the morning. I don't, and I don't know where that, why I was going to speculate that was probably right before this happened. Um, Because I remember when I woke up, I remember seeing the sun was rising. So it certainly wasn't 448 in the morning. So that's the first time I remember having like any kind of a timestamp around one of these things, you know? Whoa, that's, that's wild. There's so much there that is just like, Man, Drew, that's that's next level. And like one thing that popped out, I'll start with this. The thread yeah. that uh-huh. you talked about when they leave, that is definitely a common thing with like out-of-body experiences, yes, and- experiences is people feel like they, they cling on mm-hmm. to that thread and they can find their way back through it. And yeah, that's really interesting. And like a really, the, as far as referencing to what the other experience are, uh, mentioned to you as far as it being them wanting to give you an astral experience or a spirit, something like that. That's very interesting. And when you said uh, that idea of them getting into your body and you're, and the experience you're saying it's in you, they're in you, it's going to happen. No matter that just like, I remember having that conversation with myself after I took mushrooms for Mm -hmm. the first time. I wasn't sure whether I wanted to or not, where I was like, well, it's in there. There's no coming out. Like it's happening now. So we're about to like, you know what I I mean? Like, like it's, it's that, that parallel is, it, it, it stuck out to me pretty greatly in that, like, 
it's the same thing with psychedelics that as soon as you learn to relax and let go and like calm down then like the, the good stuff sets in and like man to, the but to have that frame of mind or that set and setting to be able to do that during an experience like you've described that's that takes a lot that takes a lot and like i was just listening to a dude talk about uh recently they've done the first like elongated dmt studies where they use methods that they learned via um oh what's it called the the uh i keep wanting to say amnesia but it's not amnesia this where they put you under medically okay and, yes uh, gosh why anesthesia uh, anesthesia yeah, anesthesia. yeah i got you thank you they took they took the principles of anesthesia and applied them to DMT to give people trips that last hours <laughs> instead of, you know, five Good minutes. night, yeah, Irene. Yeah, right, right. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. So they're, they did this. I don't know. I can't remember the specifics of the studies. Obviously, my brain's not working great if I couldn't even remember anesthesia. <laughs> um, but uh, So I, I, I won't go into any specifics of, of it, but it's really interesting to me that they're figuring out ways to allow people to stay in those realms longer and when they were talking about the people they chose these are like tried and true psycho psychonauts that have been doing dmt for years and years and like even those dudes were like mm -mm, too much like it's just not not meant to be from what i heard like they're fine and came out okay and everything but that it was a very so like it just seems like such a parallel to that like experience as you're you know going from the lights to the owls to the like it's just going to be harder to to stay in that realm longer right and without that with that resistance and like is that resistance natural like where does that resistance come from that mm -hmm. that fear element so that's always interesting Same. to me on both like the psychedelic and the paranormal side you know like and i know there's a lot of uh relations with spiritual experiences and religious encounters too that they start in definitely fear and whatnot so that's always interested me do you feel like the fear is is part of it like do you think that the fear will ever go away or do you think that's always like it, it's supposed to be that's a great question and and many times i almost wonder if it is meant to be there and i almost wonder if it's and i've heard i've heard other people have helped me kind of come to this viewpoint to where maybe that fear, that that just absolute terror is some kind of an initiatory process, some kind of an initiation. You know, it's like yeah. they're doing different things mm -hmm. to snap you out of this waking day, day-to-day -day reality. And then they show you more, yeah. you know, whether it's these incredible yeah. light displays or the small orbs flying up to you or, you know, the same owl following you from house to house or these terrifying you know, bedtime and yeah. or, you know, daytime experiences, you know, maybe it's all yeah. something that the, the main purpose of is to just shatter you temporarily and, and the same, definitely the same with the psychedelic experience, you know, um, including my yeah. own. It's just, Absolutely. it's so heavy and it's just so much and it's so hard to comprehend that that's the point of it, you know, is to, is to get you, get you yeah. out, get you out of your, your, your waking state, your normal state, you know, and, and show you that there's, show totally. you that there's a little bit more to this reality than you think. Absolutely. No, the novelty injections, that's what like got me. 
I think that was like the biggest connection that I really finally, I couldn't really, for the first couple of years, I was getting super into the paranormal again, make that full connection between like, why did I go from like Ram Dass and Terrence McKenna straight back into like Keel yeah. and ballet and all this stuff? I was like, oh, it's all the novelty injections. Love it's that. all, and like, you know, like the more that I listen to McKenna, like they all talk about UFOs. I mean, Ram Dass, his, his whole shtick is from what he calls his disembodied friend, Emmanuel, mm -hmm. who was channeled by a Chandler. And then like, that's where like some of his most famous quotes come from is, and wow. I, I actually, I just picked up like his uh, book. Uh, let's see. It's Pat Rogist Rogist was the Chandler and yeah, very interesting stuff, but yeah, it's all weird and it's all in there and it's all kind of, it, it didn't make that connection until much, uh, much more recently, but I love, hearing it reiterated because i'm you know i'm not an experiencer in the way that you are like it's something that's very interesting to me in that like i i've heard people talk about things like you know the psychic uh, abilities or the psi phenomenon aspects of these that we all have these abilities some people are born with it that like they have a easier access to them just like art some people have more of a technical ability mm -hmm. than some people don't and that's really interesting to me but when it's applied to things like what you're going through like is that you know same thing to be can can that same thing be said like can anybody have the experiences that you're going through or that you've had and is it take like just people tuning into that or is it like something very specific for the people that are having those experiences if that all makes sense that was a long oh, long-winded no, way of listen, that makes something. perfect sense <laughs> and it's a question that i have grappled with greatly for years now um i've arrived at a position where i ultimately think that i'm i feel certain that anyone can have these experiences um but i do think that certain people i may be one of them uh who are just for whatever reason naturally more able to have them um and and i'm not even sure that it's anything about myself so much as it is about this other presence they did they just choose me or is it something about my genetics or something that allows this to happen or did something happen to me that changed my brain or something I don't know, but I think that for some reason, some people definitely just have them more naturally than others, but can anyone take yeah. DMT or the right amount of psychedelics yeah. and probably have very similar, if not identical experiences as to what I have? Yes, they can. Can anyone go on an ayahuasca trip? Totally. Probably so. Can they learn meditation techniques and, and, and experience some, some level of this, of this on their own? Likely likely anyone can it's yeah, just like yeah. we can all play basketball but we can't all be like michael jordan right uh something, something like yeah. that <laughs> absolutely Dude, you just made me think of something i haven't really clicked connected before uh, uh maharaji who was like ram das's guru like who he went to india the famous story he gave maharaji like the strongest acid that was oh, available wow. probably ever right and maharaji took like two, 20 30 hits like took way too much of it and just kind of smiled at him and was like this is nothing like i'm here all wow. the time but what one of the things he said one of the things he said to him is 
why do you want to come to this place through the back door? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you rather be invited in through the front door saying that like you can get to the same spot that you're getting with all of these hallucinogens via meditation and spiritual life and all of this stuff. And that is a very interesting thing when, when applied to some of these different uh, paranormal phenomenon being connected to spiritual, like is this not a back door, but a side door to a spiritual life or to a more in, 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 uh, reflective way of living like is the paranormal just like another entrance way that you know psychedelics or meditation and all these things are in a yeah I, I wonder that too i definitely i struggle with that and, yeah, and uh i don't know the way i look at it i think that everyone has to have, find their own path you know i, I don't think that there's one right yeah. path or another you know and i also think because of the way because of the society we're in where you're a father, you know, you have to have a job and you have to make money and support yep. your family. And I do too. Um, and there's, I can't spend 12 hours a day in meditation practice. You know what I mean? Like I don't have that. No, I don't have totally. that luxury. And that's great. If someone can do that, you know, or has the time to dedicate to yep. yoga and, you know, all those different types of studies and mm -hmm. develop your rainbow light body and, and things. But I don't, I, I don't. <laughs> you know so for nope totally but i still nope. can have a, an experience you know what i mean so am i taking a shortcut to get it i don't know i i'm to the point now where i'm i'm less worried about i i do i've been through there before didn't through that and now i just look at myself as kind of an experimentalist where i'm going to try a little bit of everything you know totally. and, and let's hopefully people can learn something from from me you know from I don't know why I'm getting these experiences, no, you know, absolutely. Um, but I'm going to try and find yeah. out and, and through if psychedelic use can offer me any answers that I'm going to try that too. I'm going to try a little bit of everything. No, I totally think, I think that's the best way to go about it. And I don't think that, you know, uh, from what I gleaned from uh, Maharaji's relationship with most people, he was a, just a jokester and really liked to put people in it. their place. And that was part of I like what it. he was saying. And I don't think like, I, I think one of the best parts about people like Ramdas and that whole movement that happened in the seventies uh, or late sixties and seventies and everything where they brought a lot of these Eastern ideas through the western mm -hmm. culture is that they dropped a lot of the rigid the rigidness of it like a lot of it is just you know you kind of take what you want and or take what works for you and you move forward with what you can because yeah we like you said no one's got time for for all mm -hmm. that like 12 hour day meditation practice and all of that is way too much for anybody these days but it does make me think about how losing time for that type of stuff could be one of those like pressure points to make some of the other weirder mm -hmm. stuff happen or at least the way that we interact with it seem weirder than it actually is like one of the things i do think is different cultures yes, that have more of those more time for self-reflection and stuff experience these things less of a other and it's more of just kind of a everyday part of life type deal and it seems like they're more accepting or at least have less of that like kind of jarring uh, uh jarring experience with it all which has always been man that's so funny you say that there's two things i want to i want to speak on this first and then i want to backtrack a little bit and say something about something else you just said but but first i have a really good friend um here in in dallas and he he's from canada originally lives in dallas now he's from canada but his family originated from nigeria 
Um, and when I began telling him about my experiences, um, for different reasons, you know, um, I knew he was interested in this kind of thing. He said, you know what, Drew? He was like, first off, thank you for telling me this. And he said, it's only in Western society like ours that these types of experiences are considered strange or weird. He's like, if we went back to the rural, uh, to the rural areas outside of the cities in Nigeria, he's like, everyone knows about this type of stuff. Isn't that right? It's beautiful. And he said that he, he actually has ceremonial masks at his house that were given to him by his ancestors of, of, he said, we have ceremonial masks of our original ancestors and we have masks from the visitors of the visitors. So I was like, nice. That's beautiful. No, I, I love that. When I, I, before we started this conversation, I told you I was out in Portland for a coffee expo uh, this last week. So I go out, I do illustrations. My main gig is doing illustrations for a coffee company. And I get to go out and do some like live drawing events and stuff. But this whole time, I'm... cupping coffee with the head roaster of our company tasting coffee and going coffee tastings and i'm talking to producers of all these from all over the world of coffee anywhere that produces coffee and as i'm talking to them i don't talk about coffee at all because i know plenty about it but i'm like all these motherfuckers talking about coffee all week i'm just gonna talk to these people yeah i love it dude great like i'm just asking you know like uh, when when do i ever get to sit in a room full of people from ethiopia and kenya just all over the world so i'm just asking them like i draw the bags for your coffee and they all like know what i do and they're really stoked and i'll just be like so what kind of like what is this hill named after? Because they have like coffee hills. And I'm talking to the these uh, gentlemen from Burundi, and we buy from this one hill called Gitway. We bought from there forever. I have no clue what Gitway means. You can't really Google Gitway translation. It doesn't really come up with anything. And they're like, Gitway means big head because there was the shaman that came down from the mountains that had a right. giant head and was the connector between the mountains, the sky, and nature. He was like the nature wow. embodiment. And give, they just tell me this beautiful folklore yeah and i'm like i would have never known no. that if i didn't ask but it, it's just it's they share it like it's nothing it is this like very western mentality of these things being so it's yeah it, it's very interesting to talk to people from all over the world to see how it's not as we weird as we make it out to be <laughs> right yeah and i definitely do think that there has there is some element that through time you know our connection to to the spirit realm has been severed um yeah and, and, yeah and maybe this is maybe these light manifestations and 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 experiences that people are having um are 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 spirit's way of kind of re- reconnecting with this i don't know that's uh no i i think so i think you're dead on and i love and oh well you had a second point so i don't want to jump into something completely separate but you said a second ago yes yeah i wanted to go jump back back. else i said yeah right i'm glad you thank you for that i uh when you were you were talking about the you know maybe the psychedelics being the shortcut you know or i i said that um to the you know and, and how like people like ram das were kind of maybe streamlining the Eastern philosophies and to incorporate it into the Western world. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the, uh, chaos magic movement. Um, you know, yes, and that, absolutely. that brings to mind, you know, people like, well, yep. in, in, in our time now, like Grant Morrison, you know, which I know we talked about when we tried to record yep. before. Um, yeah. 
you know, and that, that guy Absolutely. is just totally fascinating to me. And I, I love, you know, um, I love his work and his videos and, and, and a lot of the stuff that he's produced, but, uh, but yeah, and his way of, uh, what, what does he call them? The, um, the hyper, these comic books are the, the hyper sigils, right? Is that what he, yes. The hyper sigils. Yep. No, absolutely. And, and the, so you're part of what you were talking about before with the owls having this message for you to start sharing your story definitely reminded me of Grant Morrison's story because I mean the reason he started yeah. the Invisibles and that whole hyper sigil is because of his uh, abduction experience where in Katmandu he had an encounter with these silver glo globby aliens that told him that they come here because they need the way that we view time linearly oh, yeah. to grow ideas that they live forever and they don't change. So without change and linear c constructs of time, ideas can't grow. So they come here for an idea farm essentially, wow. and you have to go and spread these ideas. And then he kind of came back from that experience and started the whole uh, invisibles comic line and the hyper sigil that was. And again, I've talked about this a million times on the podcast, but I love one of my favorite parts about that whole story is that in the back of the invisibles he's sharing chaos magic mm -hmm. like sigil rituals so like there's all of these people like you know he's just got off of like huge batman runs and like all these big comics so all these people are buying the invisibles at least for the first couple issues because it's grant morrison's new book and they're going to see in the back these chaos magic like sigils like it's going to get in there whether they like know it or not and i love that idea of spreading that weirdness and yeah he's one of my favorite examples of of kind of breaking down those barriers and showing that. And I mean, this ties back to somewhere else I wanted to go here with you, but Grant Morrison has said a bunch of times in a bunch of different ways that artists are like the last connection of that spirit world and that and the material world like the artist goes and brings things back from the spirit world and presents it to the material world and those are the ideas that shape and form society and all of those things and i i love that idea and think that there's definitely a heavy connection with all of these things and experiences with the phenomenon and creative life and I, it's something that i know we touched on in our last interview that you had started painting and and being more uh, having more ways to express yourself with uh, your creative life is that still something that definitely um definitely i want i want to bring something up here because this is definitely we're, we're in your house oh, yeah. now you know with the with the creativity and the art thing <laughs> um and i definitely think that the phenomenon has some role in in art and creativity and creative processes also um, I definitely think there's there's some elements of, of, of that at work um, through through artwork and, and everything. And, and especially, I mean, if you go back to what was in Greek time, we, we called them the muses, right? Um, who, they, you know, they were absolutely. there to inspire us to, to, to do this, that and the other thing. You know, we had these spiritual beings that were there to help inspire us. And I wonder, do you, do you feel that like in your art, like where does your artwork, your ideas come from? Like, do you have a process or do they just, do they just oh, come right. to you? Or is there like any kind of a, do you go for a walk and ideas come to you or how does that so, work? 
best ideas are definitely don't know where they come from. Usually shower ish, like definitely walks are a big one. Um, but yeah, I subscribe to you're connecting to something and like a big idea pool and you're just kind of fish. I like the David Lynch idea of fishing for ideas and allowing the ideas to show up and like, you know, you're just constantly, yeah, you're, you're putting the line out there and you're, you're letting the ideas lead the way. I have a lot of drawings that are not that too. Like I, I do this for a living. So there's times where I'm like sitting down and I'm like, all right, I have a project. I have a deadline. I have like the, you, you operate in this way where, you know, you're not really giving that space for the muses to come, but you have to. And it's funny. Cause even in those times, like when I get finished with the project, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I'm never like, that's the one, like the one, the, the ones that I get really excited about are the ones that like come to you out of nowhere. And you're like, Oh, I got to do that. And I feel that I'm pretty compelled to work a, a decent amount. Like I, I, I feel like I, for whatever reason, I've said this in a few podcasts now, but after I had kids, I felt like it was it, yes. it was time. Like you, it's work or don't work. Yeah, like right. shit or get off the pot. Like do it. Like and for whatever reason, that like clicked in more than ever. And I found that the more that I show up, the easier those connection points have become. Like the more that I've added this little bit of structure to being like, okay, I wake up at four, I show up at four thirty to start drawing, and the more regular I am at showing up at that time and like just kind of being open, the more it shows up. So it's really interesting to me that like, it seems the opposite. It seems like the more you kind of tap on it, the less it should show up for some reason to me, but it seems like the more that you're open to it and the more you interact that that path is easier to connect. But I will say that I only know this because of our mutual friend Vuk that the original Greek muses did not include uh, <laughs> visual arts that was it was a low it was seen it was seen more as like a uh, custodian thing like it was very mechanical or like more of a craftsmanship type deal so like yeah, the the original Greek and I could be wrong I am not an expert on any kind of Greek mythology or muses but if I remember right from what Vuk filled me in on it is uh, music and writing and okay. poetry or something like that i can't remember but but visual arts was not one of them so but yeah no i i definitely subscribe have you ever read um the uh, no i have not familiar with that it's a great book it's all about this it's all about like where inspiration comes from and like kind of uh setting a modern practice of of utilizing the muses or a modern relationship of working with the muses and it, it really inspired me before i even really got into all the weird stuff it. too <laughs> like it was one of those things that i definitely and i think that whether it's creativity or the paranormal or psychedelics like all of these things are these little gateways and these little pinpricks in reality to show you that there's something mm -hmm. more going on and that we're there's a connection to it. There's this like really cool way that it shows that we're all connected and that like, whether it's the, uh, that creative process where you're like, where the fuck did that idea come from? That like makes you stop and think about, Oh, well, I guess none of it really is in there. It's all out and in there at the same time, you know, and same thing with psychedelics or I feel like when you have, a paranormal experience and you realize that like, Oh, there's other people that have very similar experiences and Oh, there's a history to this. And there's a, there's, you know, cultures that revolve around it and all this stuff. And you kind of realize that 
we're all connected and that's probably the point of all of this I is love to that. remember that <laughs> i love that man while, while we're talking about books have, are yeah, you familiar I'm, with the canadian author and ufo researcher grant cameron are you familiar with him I, no i haven't read any of his books only uh mentions on podcasts. okay he's, I know he's a guy who talks super fast in his interviews he's really funny he's very humorous I've had uh, yes. I've been lucky enough to have uh, I've had a, a Zoom meeting or two with them and others, you know, group Zoom meetings with them, and I've corresponded with them a couple of times. Super nice guy, um, but he wrote a book, and of course the name escapes me right now. Um, that was all about people who can, as he calls it, get in the field. Um, and uh, I think it's called Inspired. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Um, Okay. But it's about musicians, artists, inventors, all these different people who somehow can can draw inspiration, you know, and, and get information out of this interconnected Indra's web or, you know, the Akashic field or whatever you want to name you yeah. want to call it, you know, the cosmic net or whatever um, that they can get out in there, you know, and, and come back to this realm with with information. And uh, that's a really it's a really cool book, too really great be well worth looking into i gotta look that up absolutely i i think that's what it's all about is is getting out into that web and bringing back little bits when like i mean whether excuse me you look at it through nature and the way that you know things are connected through mycelia and it's not just mushrooms that are connected Mm -hmm. it's the trees that are connected and everything else i think there's if you can find it in nature you can probably find it in us and culture and we should i feel like it's the best as terrence mckenna would say that nature is not only the best teacher but it's the best example of a way forward and backwards at the same time and i think things like connection and community it's so basic but it's just it's there it's everywhere and like that's what this stuff's all about and did you when uh i think i can't remember if i asked you this or not but did you have like interest in making things and like like artwork and stuff at a younger age too or was this all kind of newer and from these experiences or how, how did they come about? I'm sorry if I, if I asked you that in our previous same, I can't recall either. <laughs> oh, I would say I was <laughs> interested in art at a young age, definitely a creative type kid, no talent whatsoever in, in that type of thing. And, and even my mom would tell you that. I mean, what, you know, my mom would tell you, you know, I'm the greatest thing <laughs> since sliced bread. Right. But even she would be like, yeah, we're, we're real good at drawing or anything. Um, but as a teenager, I got into this whole plant thing. Um, and to me, that is a very creative process in itself. Obviously, you're, you're planting seeds and you're cultivating a life form and you're growing this and shaping it and everything. But then over and above that, when you, when you take it to the landscaping, uh, get into the landscape arena and start doing like, color custom combo plantings and in, in containers and hanging baskets and stuff. You're talking about color, textures, patterns, size staggering and all of that. It's and it's yes. seamlessly transitions to, to stuff like painting and drawing. You know, it's composition. It's compositional art. Um oh, and, yeah. and that, you know, I started oh, doing absolutely. that when I was a, in high school. Um, so I feel like that was my creative outlet for a very, very long time. And then in more recent years, I got back to drawing um, and kind of found, I know what I can, what, I'm not talented still, 
but I know things that I can do to create something interesting to look at, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So I've kind of found like my little, and it's not even just, I've done some abstract type stuff, but I can do some more realistic type stuff and it ends up being kind of cartoony like, but, but they, they look good enough. Good. And I don't care if they, they're great or not. They're just, they're interesting and it's fun. (laughs) Has it changed your work with the plants at all? Has it impacted your horticultural work at all? Doing well, it's strange. You say that, um, there's another time I want to, I want to answer this with two in two different ways. Number one, I don't do as much with the ornamental side of things through my job now. Um, I've kind of handed that off and I just supervise that. My current role, um, without saying too much, um, is more involved in food production now. Um, So that's my specialty. That being said, this is sort of a roundabout way to answer this, but I do firmly believe that there have been times even when I was not aware of it, that um, I may have been given or used. I think my work was guided for a couple of years in particular in 2017 and 2018. And at certain points along the way, I kind of knew or I could feel it. I could feel like there is something going on here to where like things are just lining up the way just right to allow this to continue to expand. I'm meeting the right people. I have tons of energy, you know, all the time. I don't need to sleep. I can work and work and work and work and work, you know, and I'm not exhausting myself somehow. Um, and, and we've built to without, again, without saying too much, I'm, I'm involved in a, in an urban farming project, which is quite unique. And the outcome of it, the, or the, the, I guess the benefits of it, um, the food, it goes to different various nonprofit groups to help people in food deserts. And we also have a huge educational component where we're teaching um, people how to grow their own food, um, both through our urban farming initiative or in their own community gardens and so forth. And it's all about, you know, connecting to community and helping people change their lives in one way or another. And I, I definitely think even before I started having the UFO manifestations and this type of thing, there was some type of, I had help. I had helpers. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, uh, to bring up Mike Cleland again, like one of the main questions he would ask when he was talking to experiencers or still asks, I guess, is how, how has this affected your community involvement? Like how, how, and like almost everyone to a T mm-hmm. had become some, involved in some sort of charitable work or healing work or some, something that, you know, is very directly beneficial. So it's just such, and I've noticed it myself, the more I talk to people, whether they be experiencers or just active in these kind of weird communities or paranormal communities, there's such a strong line of service that I think is, again, it points to that. Like if you really, if you really uh, drill down to the heart of these experiences, they're about, you know, connecting with other people around us and seeing that like we, you know, need to be good to people. And it's just beautiful to hear, you know, that that's uh, trickled into your line of work and things like that. Like that's, that's so nice. I like, you know, I, I think like I that. told you this, but uh, <laughs> first I loved 
your episode with Mike. That was awesome. Um, I love I love listening to everything he Thank does. You. I've spoken. I've I've um, messaged back and forth with Mike a couple of times, um, and I can I can answer this firsthand. He does still ask that question of of experiencers that he contacts. <laughs> um, that was part of a kind of a battery of questions that and during one of the emails he was like if you have time if you don't mind yeah. would you fill this out for me and of course i did and that that definitely was one of the questions that was on the on the list so pretty cool huh that's awesome how, how did you answer the shaman question i don't remember the there? shaman question i do remember it asking um sometimes it, it, it did ask you know how if it's affected my spirituality um Okay. Okay. I didn't remember if that was one. I know he's uh, brought that up a lot about asking people if they feel like they have shamanistic uh, attributes after these experiences or feel like they play the role of the shaman. And I mean, just in the way that you described your job, as far as sharing knowledge to uh, the local community, as far as how to grow your own food and stuff, that's, that's very reflective of something that I feel like would be in incorporated in a shaman like sharing agricultural knowledge of those lines so i that's I just awesome. popped into my yeah. head now that you said that but I, I yeah right i i i love those things and i i love how involved with uh how involved with nature you are and how that it seems like that is a lot of the way the phenomenon communicates sure. with you like i love that a lot of this shows up with lights in the sky and or through owls and these like natural things is that do you do you think it's changed as far as like the amounts is that like with the way that your involvement in these things has changed like do you think that you get more of the lights in the sky because you are more you're outside more these days or do you still do you think that it just kind of come ebbs and flows as mm, it will it, gosh it's hard to say i i definitely think and i mean part of it and i try to stress this to people too um, I mean, I definitely think that part of the reason that I do get so see so many things and have so many photographs and, and so forth is because I spend a lot of time looking for them. <laughs> I go out there every night, you know, <laughs> I'm almost, you know, I love it. I'm a single guy now and, Absolutely. you know, I, I rarely go out anymore, um, you know, and I, you know, if it's a clear sky, man, I, you know, I'd say you know, 75, 80% of the year, if it's a, if it's a clear sky, I'm out in my backyard or I'm in a park, you know, as part of the CE5 group that I belong to a local CE5 group. Um, or maybe just with a couple of friends that, that like to come and, and see things. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm out there all the time and I stress to people like this is a relationship, you know? So there's a certain time that I go, yeah out yeah. there when I do my thing, you know, and I try to be as close to that time and it changes, you know, throughout the year as the, the sundown yeah. time changes. Um, but I go at the same time all the time, you know, in the same places all the time. Um, and I, I feel like that's, that's, Absolutely. that consistency is part of getting these experiences, you know, is that, and I mean, I know, I know part of it is just yeah. is sort of, you know, I mean, it's just obvious, you, you, what is it? You, you never get what you don't look for or whatever. Right. Um, so, I mean, part of it is, of course, you're going <laughs> to see true, more yeah, if you're yeah. looking more, you know, but I do think that there's something deeper than that. I think that it's, there's almost like an accord we've made like, okay, I'm going to be there at this point in time. Yeah. They're like, okay, 
Well, if you're going to be there at that yep. time, that's when we're coming. You know, it's feels something like that. Yep. I, I feel the same way with what I mentioned about, like, as far as tapping into that creative muse or whatever, like I show up at four every day. It knows I'm showing up at four and it shows up too. If I miss it by, you know, it might be off. Like, it's not that I can't work that day, but I feel like there is something about setting those times and showing up and be like, Nope, this is the time that I do this. And I love that. That's beautiful. Do you, uh, so, you sent me a bunch oh, of yeah, pictures yeah, yeah, recently yeah. and I, I can't, I just realized we've been talking for uh, over an hour now and I can't get uh, wrap this up without talking about these pictures. Cause I'm so interested in them. And I, well, first off, I've got two different groups of pictures in my mind. I'm going to look at them real quick because I, I was interested in both of them for sure. And one of them you sent me just a little bit ago and okay here we go sorry i'm oh yeah I'm doing the thing where i look at stuff all right okay so so like they're the book okay yeah all right here they are all right so these guys look amazing and you briefly explained okay so they are both the same all right oh wow i just i didn't see the second group there's like <laughs> an owl one that i didn't yes, see sir. just now this guy yeah that's amazing yeah so these pictures are to kind of briefly describe them. I'll put them if it's cool, Please. if I can I share love them. I'd to. love to put them for in the sure. show notes so people can see them. Oh, wonderful. So when I look at these, they're very obviously graphically mm. affected. Like they don't look like anything. I like they didn't look like AI generated. They didn't. I didn't know what they were to be honest. I was like, what is happening right now? So can you give a little background to these? Pictures yes. To start with, I want to say this right up front. Um, we know that these are just digitally, you know, processed photographs. It's an, ex it's an explainable process for the most part. Um, and, and it's, it's totally just mm -hmm. kind of like doing an art project for the most part. And we'll get to that. Um, what I'll do, I'll take photographs of, of, of mine of what I believe are the genuine phenomenon in whatever manifestation, whether it's an orb in the sky or some of the low flying orbs, the owl. I have a whole series of photographs of something that I call the black mist, which is very strange. Um, but anyway, any of that stuff, we'll take our paranormal photographs, we'll call them. And there's an app that you can upload a photograph to. And there's a very simple two part two-part or three-part process that you follow you follow the steps and it basically turns your photograph into like a digital art piece um and you get all these wild colors and this so weird cool. like pixelated imagery and and stuff yeah. starts popping out and the details start popping out in the photograph that are not in the raw photo at all like there's these weird shapes and patterns and um, I had a series of photographs. It was really funny. Um, uh, we're over and over again when I would run, uh, the process, when I would do the work, the process on the photograph, I kept getting rainbows of all things, like just rainbows in, in oh. digital rainbows were, were popping up left wow. and right. It was wild. Um, and, and it just turns it That's into so these weird. beautiful images. Um, now this process was it. taught to me by a friend of mine who's a fellow 
another fellow experiencer and just an extraordinary guy. I'm not, not going to use his name or anything. He doesn't, he, he lives far away from me, but we kind of through some random way ended up meeting each other. And I've actually met him in person once and he's just a heck of a cool guy. Um, but anyway, he taught me how to do this process and he's taught uh, one other guy um, how to do this process too. And the three of us will share our images back and forth and we, we talk to each other about our experiences and so forth all the time. Um, and then we'll That's share so our cool. photos that we've done. So he was taught, the guy who taught me was taught how to do this in what he calls a dream state contact type experience with an entity and the entity told him the steps of how to do this um and there have in a few of our pictures there have been a couple of them that where it and again this could just be we don't know we're not making any claims this could be nothing it probably is but there's some really weird information that has come out of a couple of them. I have one photo in particular where there is a triangle shape in one. Like you had to zoom in on a certain part and there's a triangle oh. shape um, with an arrow over the top of it. And then right on the side of it, there's a perfect circle with what appears to be like some kind of a green pillar inside of the of the of the circle. And we're not sure if that what oh. that if it means anything, what it could mean or how you could explain Whoa. that if there's any kind of algorithm or something that could make that come out through the processing or what in the world it, it could mean. It is yeah. so bizarre. Um, then there's another image, one of my images where, again, and this is nowhere. I mean, this, there's nothing that looks like this at all in the image. But there's another one where it looks like it really looks like hieroglyphic writing. Um, there's a series of in the picture of, of characters that are all in blue. The first one looks like a Saturnian symbol. And then there's some that look roughly like letters and just kind of like glyphs. But I mean, it looks like some type of language. It is so bizarre. Um, yeah, you know, so, so we're not, we're not clear what to make of any of it. Um, but if nothing else, it's just really beautiful art and and we have toyed with the idea of, of maybe setting up an Etsy site and maybe even if we just uh, advertise these, you know, digital prints or canvases inside of the paranormal community and just say, just be right up front and be like, hey, these are just cool artwork based on our experiences, the, our photographs of the oh, phenomenon. Man. You know, it's an, it's something we're, we're toying with. I. I think it's a great idea, and I love this idea. I mean, it makes me think of a bunch of different things, but it makes me think of, like, I have a good friend who is an art therapist who works with a bunch of uh, people who a bunch of different backgrounds of PTSD and things like that, but they come together in groups, and they make art together, and they'll talk about their experience. Very similar to what you just described, Mm -hmm. but, like, processing a whole other type of thing from their past, you know? And, like, I, I think there's something so beautiful about combining those elements of, like, very unique experiences from one's life with art and community that can just be so profound and like using apps and stuff like that is as valid and, and like almost 
a a whole different type of magic in the way that like my friend does it where they do like paintings in person together and stuff like that and you're probably it almost doesn't matter how that uh app is coming to those like weird things that it's pulling out like the hieroglyphs or like the 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 uh, the orb with the uh, green rod like it almost doesn't matter because it's all about like what you all are pulling out of yes. what it's putting back to you you know what i mean like it, it really is one of those things where like the, just like it it doesn't matter whether like a, any to me it doesn't matter how true stories are than people's experiences are in the way that a lot of people care about truth quote unquote it matters what it means to their lives and how it affects them and like you know how they and i think that's like a really cool way to to kind of parallel those two ideas and i i the more people uh approaching experiences like that i feel like the experience overall with the weird or the other gets better for everybody you know what i mean like the more people investing in this side of things and talking about this side of things honestly i don't i don't ever know why i do things but i'm starting to think that part of why i do this podcast is just to put these things out a little bit more even though a very small potatoes as far as any kind of podcast goes but the more people talking about uh, positive paranormal prime brother you've uh, you've had some like. phenomenal <laughs> guests i mean you had people like mitch horowitz and and you know mike cleland and you've had some some pretty heavy hitters on there so you've done pretty great for yourself so far i i'm very grateful for the opportunities we can almost uh, exclusively thank our friend vuk for anybody awesome. of any note that i've gotten to talk to but uh it's it's been very very gratifying especially i mean the, i think i was were we talking the day yes i forgot that's exactly that, right did that go down while we were talking dude that's so funny yeah no and that's definitely as far as like uh, you know i had a bunch that i've had on a bucket list mike clellan and joshua cutchin and all kinds of people that i've like so stoked i've got to talk to but mitch was one of those ones that i had no connection to and i was like i'm just gonna email him randomly because i was getting i mean just i benefited so much from his work and just love his whole aesthetic and what what he's about and i was like i'm just gonna do it and was so surprised he emailed me back right while we were talking and yeah that was by far one of the best conversations i've had both like in exposure you know to be completely upfront like you know that definitely is one of those ones that if i get new listeners it's usually because they found out about it from the mitch podcast because i think he's one of those people because i do it where i'll just go to apple Podcasts and be like mitch horowitz i know he doesn't have a podcast but a bunch of other stuff just pops up and you know just like go through so i think he's one of those people that people just find my podcast from that but the amount that I've been able to take from that conversation and apply to my own life and like the ongoing conversation I've got to have. Oh man, that's, that's super cool. More I, me, so. I got it. Yeah. I, this, yeah. It's, I, I, it's just so funny that that happened our, during our first conversation. It's uh, I completely, I, I'm glad you did, man. That's, that's super cool, man. I want to ask you a question. I got a question for you, Todd. So in some form or fashion, do you feel like your podcast is your own hyper sigil? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, that's a great way of putting it. Actually, I hadn't even thought about it like that, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I think that's a great way to put it. Drew. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I never know where it's going to go. Like, to be honest with you, like, I don't really ever know. Like 
I just recently had probably like the most uh, pre-recorded episodes as far as interviews. Yeah. Like I had about seven in the in the can, and they're all like ones I was really stoked on. And at this point, right before you reached out to me today or yesterday, whenever we we hooked up this weekend, I was down to two, and I was just like, huh. I guess I should start booking stuff again and reaching out to people. But then things like that just happened where you just reached out and it's like, oh, well, there's, there's one. And then like, so like things like that just seem to manifest easier through, through this podcast. But I mean, another way, the example that I can't go into too much detail on because it's not fully announced yet, but I'm working on, I set an intention at the beginning of this year to become a, I keep telling people when yep, I grow yep. up, I want to be a we talked about illustrator. That. Like that's what I want to do. Like I want to get paid, paid. Right. Yeah. So I've been furthering that intention and via connections I made through this podcast, I had a great opportunity arise at the beginning of this year that I'm like halfway through the project now. And it's been really amazing and it was all via a guest that i had on and everything and this is all going to sound really vague because it's going to come out way before i can announce it's it okay and that's fine but <laughs> i'm but yeah this has been a way to manifest these things and not only in that way but also just like it's made me be more self-reflective like it's made me sit and think about when i talk to somebody like you or talk to somebody like mitch or any of these people it makes me stop and think about what I mm-hmm. what I really feel about things and like you know when I'm having these conversations I don't write down like here's my 10 questions for Drew I'm just kind of feeling our way through the conversation and that makes me come to conclusions about stuff that I had not planned on mm-hmm. even thinking about so like there's been all kinds of stuff I figured out internally just the way that like having kids has made me learn a lot about myself this podcast has made me learn a whole other amount of stuff about myself so that was a long way of answering it, yes it's funny it's definitely a hyper sigil sounds like it it sure sounds like well. it man i love to hear that i uh yeah in a, in a roundabout sort of way i kind of feel like and this is silly but and in, in not exclusively i don't exclusively use it for this but a lot of times like my instagram story videos are i kind of feel like my own hyper sigil um and i feel like that's a perfect way and anyone who, who yes. if you follow me and i'll give my name at the end for people if people want to follow me on social or whatever um i welcome that but once you once you hear that like once you start seeing my posts it's just my way of like drip feeding little things here and there you know like and information <laughs> and whether it be about community change or community engagement mm-hmm. or my professional project i mean i certainly post a few some pics of my kids you know it's just more mundane things but i think like once you once Absolutely. you once you see it once you know you're like oh okay and it occurred to me somewhere recently that that's really like the perfect <laughs> forum to do something like that because if people who are not familiar with with chaos magic or don't know what sigil magic is like you go through a process a a, a word process where you you use letters um, and then you eventually use the letters from a statement, you know, an intention, uh, to create a symbol. And then you charge that symbol with energy and typically you, you destroy it. Most people burn them. Some people, you know, put them on in an area where you don't see it all the time or whatever. And the idea is to have a conscious intention and then, then to just release it to the universe somehow and let it go to work. Um, and, you know, because the story videos Absolutely. disappear, 
in 24 hours or whatever that time period is, I was like, this is perfect. It's like, you know, feel the emotion of whatever it is that you're posting. Let that emotion charge this image, put it out into the world, and then it's gone. You know, in due time, it's gone. And I was like, it's perfect forum for that, man. I love that. <laughs> that's that's amazing, Drew. I never thought stories as simple. <laughs> right. Ways to look at that. right. That, that's beautiful. I am. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it is the perfect perfect it's uh, a medium. Good way to think it. of it, huh? <laughs> Dude, there's awesome, something else. Man. I want to ask you about this too. No, I want to ask you if, you if you know about this person. This is going to be kind of oh, yeah. random too, but it's just something that I stumbled upon um, within the last six months or so. And I've loved his content so much. And I think it, you would find it very interesting and probably some of your listeners too. Man, are you familiar with a guy uh, on YouTube who calls himself Galahad Aridonis? Man, I am not. Oh gosh, me. great name, that. right? Just that to name. To start with, like, sounds wonderful. On his YouTube, on his YouTube yeah, channel, seriously. and um, you can look on his on his Instagram account. Um, he has some amazing artwork that he does, um, in his videos, and and then just on some of his posts that he uses. Um, very kind of very esoteric symbolism kind of stuff, and it just it's really interesting. But anyway. Guy's great. I uh, he apparently had he does a video. His first video was about a spontaneous paranormal type, you know, almost religious type experience that he had spontaneous um, while driving, and then he talks you through okay. like his voyage, you know, through all different methods, including some psychedelics, where he uses the psychedelics to try to reconnect with whatever happened to him that first time um and he can all of his videos kind of take you through his journey of the steps that he's taken along the way um and he ends up arriving at kind of a i guess you would call it more of like a gnostic christian viewpoint through his experiences um but i mean this guy is fascinating and uh, one of the more recent videos he did, he, he did one called Money and Magic. And I mean, it's just so spot on. I mean, just about uh-huh. the power of intention, about value. And just there's, I got so much out of this guy's um, videos. I've, I've corresponded with him, messaged back and forth with him a few times. Not a lot. I encouraged him to start his own Etsy shop with his artwork because his stuff is phenomenal. I was like, dude, you need to sell merch for sure, man. Um but I think of, I bet I've watched all of his videos That's at least awesome. four times each, and I'll probably watch them another four times each. They were just so interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I highly recommend looking into that when you get a chance. That's. Just... I'll send yeah, you send me send me links because I will include them in this episode so that uh, we can. Yeah, I I would love to check that out and share it with the listeners for it's sure. That sounds like right up my alley, a hundred percent. I have so many of those videos that are just like rewatch YouTube videos now that it's, it's kind of embarrassing sometimes like, Oh yeah, I've watched this like seven times Dude, in the last did, couple of months. Did I, I ever <laughs> send you that link and Give shame on me if I haven't yet for that interview between, uh, with John Mack and Terrence McKenna. 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, totally. That's uh, been one of my most. Re- That's so funny. So yeah, you you've had such a direct influence on this podcast because I quote that interview more than it. anything else on this podcast as of late. But that's uh, the when John Mack ends that, like when the interview's done, and John Mack's like, you know, Terrence, can I say one more thing? And he goes into the whole rap about how like the one thing that oh, the yes. uh, Western meant the Western world can't handle is when something like physical comes from the spirit and breaks that material world. And like, that's, what's going to end the the grip that the Western capitalist society has on the world. I'm like, yeah, that that statement alone, like it hit me like two tons of bricks, Todd, because that is my experience with the shadow beings. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. how I could have to describe it to a T because there's some, I mean, I have marks. I come away with physical marks, yeah. but you know, but there's no. I, yeah. I had to stop you know? myself from bringing it up when you mentioned that I had to stop myself from quoting it. Cause I do. Yeah, no, but the, I think there's something so, and I think it's the thing when there's like outside of the experiences like, and like what, what you've have as far mm-hmm. as actually bringing back that physical from the spiritual. I mean, there's not much of a better way to put that. I think that those like those uh, friction points are usually when there's something something that's really uh, true there, and that material and that physical versus the spiritual is a big hang up for so many people in so many ways. Whether you're a skeptic trying to debunk stuff, whether you're somebody that's on the other end and you think this is all like co-created, self-reflective, and there's no material to it, like that material it calls everything into question. And I think at the end of the day, one of the things that a lot of people that are smarter than me talk about is how the point of this stuff is to live in the paradox. Like it's all about paradox and how we are just kind of like paradoxical beings. And this is kind of, it could be a way to make us be more comfortable with living in that dichotomy because we all like, you know, we have hearts and minds and they're very separate and we have very a very dichotomy or a very uh what what's the word there you uh, go it's yes. a very dualistic worldview <laughs> and yeah 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 paradox seems to be at the heart of all this stuff and that spiritual and physical play seems to be that big paradox that's really really very. pulling at things that's very interesting to me so yeah i i love it that that yeah. that interview quick. i think it's only like 15 minutes or something it's really short it's very short i i've been telling everybody that's the if anybody asks me about ufo man. stuff i'm like just watch that video nope. that video is perfect Start you don't in need to there, watch man. anything yes. else <laughs> totally yeah yeah absolutely dude all right I will start wrapping this up because I think that I'm I'm stimulating <laughs> yeah, in my it's, ability to talk. It's getting late for you, man. You've been a busy man lately. I get here. it for sure. <laughs> and my, it's so funny. I have I'll do interviews like anytime because I have a very flexible schedule and the my ability to talk between the hours of like nine a.m to like 7 p.m pretty good like i can do okay from 7 <laughs> until like it just goes down and once i hit like this like 11 30 i'm like yeah the brain is just not firing on all cylinders here anymore but this was a perfect timing because this was a beautiful conversation drew and i want to have you back to talk because like i feel like oh, there's yeah. a bunch of other stuff that i could get into with for you sure when brother. my brain is not fading that we could have a lot of fun talking about 
I would also love to like I'm trying to set up some more roundtable type things where I get to have guests talk to other guests and things like that. And I think you would be a great person to have on as far as just some I don't honestly I don't talk to very many experiencers on this episode on these podcasts like yourself. And like I would love to have you. Oh, man, some of that the would be so much fun. Some stuff like so that. much fun. fun. Yeah. Right. Right. It would. It'd be a great time to to just get 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 the creative juices flowing and talk about these weird experiments, like the the pictures that you were just explaining that. and things that like would that. That would be, be a, that would actually be man. I would probably enjoy that more than than awesome. you know even talking to other experiences or anything. Being able to talk to some of your artists, it would be phenomenal. <laughs> I, well. I that's I I want to yes. make those connections as much as anything else. Like I feel like you know we're it, 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 we ha- all oh, have gosh. so much to gain from you, talking to each other about. You just read my mind. All, <laughs> all right, so brother. We're, I'm we're down for it for sure, man. <laughs> that's beautiful, wonderful. Well, in wrapping this up, yes. you tell people where to find you. Follow yeah, man. The, the best the best way to find me is just through through social media. My my Instagram account and my Facebook page. I don't really mess with Twitter much anymore. Um, and it's just, it's just my name. It's just, it's Drew D R E W. My last name is Dimler D E M L E R. Um, like I say, you'll, you'll quit. If you, if you follow along, you can watch my story videos and, and kind of see my, my little hyper sigil at work there. Or if anyone wants to DM me, you know, and talk about their own experiences Absolutely. or, or hear more about mine or, or just chit chat about any, anything or, or, I'm 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 open to it. I'm wide open to it. Wonderful. Well, I'll have that linked in the notes below. For sure. And definitely send me some of those photos so that I can uh, include those because I think people will really dig them. And yeah, thank you so much for doing this, Drew. We'll do it again soon. And until you then, too, enjoy. And I hope you have a wonderful night. Talk to you soon.